Hey guys, and welcome to episode one of The Biscuit Guy with me, Alex Whiteley. Uh, <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm so chuffed to be doing this show. Uh, it's been almost kind of like six or seven years in the making because I've done lots of various different podcasts over the years, which I'm very proud of, enjoyed a lot. Um, uh, amongst the, the friends and the, the the people I worked with, wherever they are in the world, uh, we're talking about Thor skin. Uh, we're talking about Usuk podcast. We're talking about you know, Usuk was like five different podcasts that all run on the same network. You know, we had, of course, the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast, Inglorious Barstools, Pod Aid, even you know, uh, there are many many occasions where I've worked with uh, fantastic teams of people, um. But, you know, I decided that I wanted to do this by myself a little bit, you know, see who I can speak to, use all of my experience and the file of facts and names of people that I've worked with over the years um, to try and put something together. Um, and, you know, if you listen to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast um, and you're thinking, oh, I wish you'd loosen up a bit more, well, bollocks. <laughs> this is the place where we can do that. Uh, the, the Biscuit Guy is a place where we can be who we want to be, uh, let loose a bit it's a bit more r-rated uh we can have a bit of a swear and a bit of a drink and not take things too seriously which i do tend to on the biscuit but that's because it has a purpose you know um so this is the biscuit guy i'm doing it in seasons this is episode one of of, uh, of season one uh we do 10 episodes a season and we have a great great first guest for you guys honestly um if you've not listened to anything i've done with the shoes biscuit or you suck before uh, don't worry um because uh, we're going to fully go into this guy's uh, career and talk about where he came from and how he became the star he is today uh, our first guest is mike perkins um he is a uh, marvel dc um uh, plus eight you know he's he's God, like there's so many iconic characters this guy's worked on. He he is living in Shrewsbury. He's a friend. He's been on the show many times. But the difference between um, this episode and anything we've done with Mike in the past, not only is it obviously rubbing a beer and he's a bit more loose-tongued, but he's working on something absolutely fantastic, like iconic, something he's working on. Um, so we're, I'm not going to spoil it, on the outro intro because then you won't listen to the podcast so if you like comics if you like batman if you like art in general this is the podcast for you so without further ado i give you the first guest of the biscuit guy my good friend mr mike perkins i will catch you guys at the end of the show enjoy Hey guys, welcome to episode one of The Biscuit Guy. I'm Alex Whiteley, and uh, this is a, a brand new show for me. Um, I, I've, I've spent the last sort of six or seven years speaking to hundreds of people from all around the world, from all walks of life. Um, and I do the Shrewsbury Biscuit, which is, it's, it's, it's a, you don't, we don't swear, it's a bit more uh, sophisticated is the word. I want to be able to have a beer and have a few swears and have some relaxed conversation with people from wherever they are in the world. So hence I brought out the Biscuit Guy. Uh, to open up the Biscuit Guy, for episode number one, a good friend of mine, uh, a Marvel DC artistic genius, Mr. Mark, Mike, <laughs> Mark, Mike Perkins. <laughs> That's this weird slip of the tongue because um, we've known each other for quite a while. Mike Perkins. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. joining me on the show. Cheers. Brand, brand, brand new Biscuit. 
Brand new biscuit, yeah. It's, uh, like, just... a, it's like an assortment packet. <laughs> yeah. We should start. This is going to be a weird one, especially if we get any Americans on because we're going to have that biscuit argument. Of, right. Oh, God. Your biscuits yeah. are scones. And yeah, you lived are. in America for, for long enough yeah, to. Cookies and. Yeah. Yeah, cookies. How do, I mean, like, okay, so we're gonna. this is going to be a weird one because we're introducing the Biscuit Guy listeners to you for the first time. I've, okay. I've known you for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know the answers to these questions, so it's going to be a weird one. <laughs> so we're, we know you. We'll go off in some weird tangent. We've yeah, forget. We'll just before. we'll just we'll, we'll do a smattering of this and a smattering of this because right. we got stuff to talk about as well. Oh, yeah, we have got yeah. real shit to talk about. But when um, you begin Wolverhampton, right? Yep. Yep. And yep. uh, from a young age, very young age, you realise you want to be a comic. From book. from two years old, I kind of I kind of knew that I, that's what I wanted to be. That's just insane. And, I've never known that kind of dedication to right. a career. Like, I mean, I just I mean, for me, it's just just normal. You know, it's. Um, I always find it strange when people don't necessarily know what they want to do because I've never experienced that myself. Yeah. You know, I, I was, you, you, you're, you're seeing it from your side of view, from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, this is fucking weird. This is, <laughs> what is, what is this? <laughs> because like my, my kid at the moment is 18. I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning that he's started from one thing. Now he wants to do this. Right. He's not quite sure he wants to do, you know, he's doing this. Thing. Right, like, right, right. And I was the same. Right. I, I didn't wake up one day when I was a kid and be like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Did you were you ever tempted not to become an artist? No, 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 not at all. I mean, it was it was something I was always doing. I would come home from school and draw comics. I would, you know, I would uh, be at school and drawing comics. You know, it's, it's it was one of those things that there was just <clears throat> it was a need inside me to do. I, I can. I'm not. I'm not doing this on the highest level. But after having like three months off from doing any right. podcast and interview, right. I felt like and like I missed it. Like I got quite emotional yesterday. Right. Um, right. I did an episode of the biscuit. Right. Spoke to Rob Gibson, and it, I, even though it was like the second po- interview coming back, um, it was the first one where I'd sort of felt relaxed enough to be like, "This is this right. is shit. This right. is what I enjoy." And it yeah, must, yeah. must be the same for you. you yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I start to get itchy fingers if I've gone three days without drawing and just like I've got to get back at it yeah and I've, all, I've always been like that it's just one of those things that there's there's no stopping it it's like it has to it has to come out you know? ah and um, what's the first sort of real real the real job you had as, as a comic book artist <coughs> that um, oh, I've made it done it that was that was 2008 my my first work, my first professional work was for 2008. That's quite a, a common sort of in for a lot of British yeah, artists. Yeah, and for, for me, I mean, that was, it It was a pinnacle straight away because I, I grew up on 2008. That was, that was my comic. That was what I wanted to draw. Um, and so to, to do that, and I did it through an agency, um, they got me the work. And and then the second piece I work work I got was a Judge Dredd piece, which for me was that was the highest of the highest. For me, growing up, like I was I was born in eighty six, grew up in the nineties. Judge Dredd was everywhere when I was a kid. Trying to explain to because uh, I've John Wagner and my yeah. kid, my kids want to know who I've spoken to and who's around the street. I'm like John Wagner lives around the corner. He's yeah, the yeah. co creator of Judge Dredd, and they're like, "What's Dredd?" And I'm like. I've never hurt a child in my life, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, the nicest thing is, it's they'll get to experience it for the first time. 
and it'll blow their little brains. Do you think there'll That's, be a, a new dredge surgeons? Because there needs to be, I think. I, you know, I, th- I think I think there'll be. I think these characters are eternal, and you know, you you kind of think, oh well, you know, the the dread stories, uh, they're years ago and whatever. But they they were, they launched into so many so much future thinking that those things are coming true now. You know, like there were like everybody living on credit. Um, every like there were smokatoriums which were little glass boxes or something where people went to smoke because nobody else wanted to smoke. And that was like... I've seen them in Frankfurt Airport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, a, that was the, the end of the 70s, you know, mm. and John was thinking about all this. And I saw a, an advert from a little, little giant cube building, and I mean giant, it's like right. the size of a city square. And I was like, that's a mega block. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Straight out of yeah. Dredge Dread. Yeah, totally. And and people don't leave these places. They just live their entire lives there. Yeah. And um, yeah, so, so I think people will always go back to those classics yeah like i always I, I always get so jealous when somebody's reading america for the first time the judge red story because it's so brilliant i can't say i've read it oh well i'm jealous because you're gonna read it one day and you'll be like oh my god this is good this is my homework guys i need yep. to read yeah america. read america um and, it, and it's just brilliant or the apocalypse war or something like that you know it's just absolutely brilliant i mean i was reading the apocalypse war when i was I don't know, 12 or 13 and it just blew my brain. Um, but let's go back. Let's go back to you being like in judge for the first time, and you're like walking. Yeah, yeah. You're know, you're young, maybe naive, as more naive than you are now, kid. Walking to the offices, what's that scene look like? Because you know you see all the cop dramas from like the seventies. Well, I actually Some... went. Yeah, I mean, I actually went to the two thousand eighty offices when I was about fourteen or fifteen. Oh, okay. Just to drop some work off, and I did get a nice letter from Tharg telling me, you know this is really good and you need to work on this. And it wasn't like a form letter. It was actually typed out. And um, so that was a nice easing into it of saying, okay, you've got something, but you're too young. You, you got know. something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, so to actually go there and be working there and go into the pub with these guys, you know, and all this kind of stuff, it was it's just amazing. I'm still amazed I get to talk to John Wagner, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm at John Wagner's having tea. You yeah. Know, it's just like. And that's ah! the thing that blows me off about uh, about John is that he's such a lovely guy. I saw him at Comic-Con in, in Telford a few a couple of weeks ago. And you, I was like, you're like, right, John. Oh, hey, Alex, how are you going? He, he recognized me talking to <laughs> right. me. He's happy to see me. I'm yeah, like, yeah. John Wagner. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's a really nice guy. I've been around his ass too. Uh, yeah, yeah. really nice. We, I remember we, I took a massive mixer, huge mixer. Around to do an interview, I was like, and he we set up on this tiny little. I think it was like a conservatory yes, table, yeah, yeah. and I was like, where am I going to put all this shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, his partner Jenny, um, she was she was the first editor at Marvel I ever spoke to uh, when I was trying to start out as well. So it, it's all comes around, yeah, back yeah, around, comes, comes back around, around, yeah. Um, and um, you know, you moved out to the states. This is where it started us off. Yeah, this is two thousand one. 2001 i moved out to the states uh there was a company over there cross gen they wanted everybody working in-house which was a weird thing um and it was mostly because the guy who started it he made his millions through uh software a software company okay uh, that ross perot bought and um so he made millions and he retired at 43 
And he was like, okay, I'm going to have my train set. And <laughs> he created this comic universe that he wanted to... Uh, he he kind of, he loved the idea of the Marvel bullpen of the 60s and 70s. And they, they created, like the Marvel comics created this atmosphere of everybody there and everybody working together and doing it never existed where's my page four yeah it never existed in real life no yeah um but he kind of loved that idea and i i think it would have worked i mean it worked for five years um but then uh, there were some boneheaded boneheaded business decisions whatever um yeah and so that kind of it kind of fell apart so what was it like being in that room of all those artists oh, and writers man. and amazing amazing just especially people who were your heroes as well when you were growing up you know um just to see how they drew the artwork and working alongside them and seeing is that, their is latest that a lot of pressure though is that like a- I, I didn't feel pressure i i think i knew exactly what i was doing you know i knew i mean i was I was 31 at the time, so I was still pretty young, but I can't, I was confident enough, you know. And, and I, since you were two, you're like, back off, bitch, I've got this. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it was, it was, <clears throat> and I, at the time I was just there to concentrate on inking other people uh, because the, the American comic company is sometimes broken down into somebody pencils, somebody inks, somebody colors, somebody letters. So like a conveyor uh, belt of. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, in England and Europe, it was never really like that. You did everything. Um, so, what do you prefer? Do you prefer just to be able to concentrate on inking or doing no, everything? I, I prefer to do everything. Yeah. I, I, I mean, pencils and inks. Yeah. I can leave the colours to somebody else because I know that there are people better than me. Yeah. To do it, so you know, I use don't, the wrong shade of red on Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't. I don't. Well, you Spider Man maroon. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You see that in Mexican comics, right? yeah. Only, yeah, yeah. You see, yeah, we've got the same palette. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got like green Spider Man or something like that. <laughs> El Spider Man. Oh, I love that. I mean, it's I, 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 I'm thinking. I'm putting myself in your situation now, where you you're in this office with all these amazing artists, and um, even if you've got this experience behind you, that that kind of like you've got to get things ready. There's a timeline. There's a there's a deadline. Should I say? I remember when I first started my new job and my, my, my boss now, she's standing out, she's like, just type out your email for me, which is one of those things you just done. Mm-hmm. Unless someone's standing over you and you're like, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's one of those weird things. That- no, nah, you just zone. You know, it's just like you're, you're into what you're doing. Yeah. So you just sit down and do it. Can you look at some of your artwork and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I was pissed off that day. Or I was in a good place think- then. Yeah, I mean... Sometimes you're drawing something and you, you look at it and you go, that's just not working somehow. One of, one of the nice things after CrossGen uh, wrapped up was I was still sharing a studio with uh, three other artists, uh, Butch Geis, Andrew Hennessy, and Laura Martin. And Butch was one of my artistic heroes that I was inking when I was at CrossGen. So we shared a studio. And you, you get those moments where you're like, you're looking at something and you're trying to work it and it's not working. You don't know why it's got, what's wrong with it. And I, I just had the opportunity to just go to Butch on the next drawing table and go, what's wrong with this Butch? And he would look at it and go with a pencil. And that was it. 
It was just an, you know, just an, a wrong angle here. Yeah. So the different type of abstract, different, a different yeah. eye to see it. Yeah. And then we go, okay, and it was fixed. You know, it's just it's just sometimes you sit with something too long, and you can think about something too long. Sometimes you forget how to spell a really simple word. You're like, that doesn't look right. 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 <laughs> right. And, and sometimes you just need that extra pair of eyes to go. Oh, this is how you do it. That's right. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Now we're living in a world of like sort of digital. We'll, we'll get onto AI in a bit, but like with the digital Google, you can look at images from anything around the world now. Um, so I guess that's an amazing, powerful tool for you guys. So you can be like, oh, what does the Chrysler building look like? Bam, 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 done. Oh, you can't do that. No, no. I, I actually did. Um, I actually did a Agents of Shield cover the once with the Chrysler building on there. That that building's copyrighted, man. Hmm. You cannot, you cannot draw the Chrysler building. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's that one in, um, uh, where's the one with the di- the light diamond? Is that Philadelphia? No. Okay. But uh, yeah, there's there's places where they have those iconic buildings yeah. like the the Gherkin. And you can do the Empire State, but yeah, the Chrysler building now. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it though, because some company owns that building. Uh, you know, that's it's like that's, sure. you draw in someone's house and be like, right. hey. <laughs> Right, right. Why is my why is my why is got Thor smashing up my house? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, two thousand and one, you're in America. How do you how do you find it like adapting to American life whilst drawing? Because do you think the comic book thing kind of helped in a way? Yeah, I, I think so because you were surrounded by people. Yeah, you were surrounded by colleagues, and you all spoke the same language. And it's the culture as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. I mean, not so much that you all spoke the same languages in English, you all spoke comics, you know. So you could have this shorthand of, oh, you remember when, you know, Kirby did that. Oh, yeah, that was issue whatever, you know. So you got that whole oh, yeah. thing going on. And um, I was very lucky that it was kind of, the place was divided into quads. So you had two two comics per quad. Um, and I was lucky that I was in this quad where, me, Butch, Epting, Steve Epting, we, we were all kind of, we all came from the same base of influences in a way. Very, very realistic, very shadow kind of stuff. So we, we had that shorthand mm. between us and it was great just to work that way. And so 2001 was like the resurgence of comic books. I guess after Blade went out and made money. And right, you, right. Because and the Marvel film was just coming out, yeah. the, the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that was troubling times for me. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. It was really, we're, they were just starting to come back with the ultimate line, mm. I think. Um, but yeah, they've gone through bankruptcy and everything. I mean, that's I when they to sold. Think about now, doesn't it? Right. That's when they sold Spider Man to Sony and X Men to Fox and whatever else. Created the mess that we find ourselves yes. living in today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So the, the Spider Man thing is, is a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? You know, I just wish everything. I mean, I guess Sony have gone, yeah, you can borrow him. Well, that's what they're doing now <laughs> with the, the Tom Holland films. They finally mm. went, okay, Marvel, you know, you can you can play yeah, around with Spider. Let's print money together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's common sense. But I just uh, wish they'd sort out the Sony Spider-Man movie. Do you ever see things in movies and TV and be like, what have they done to my poor boy? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. all the time. <laughs> all the time. I mean, the first Dread film. Oh. <laughs> with his helmet. <laughs> the second one was great. I love Carl Urban really in that. Good. Because I was like, Carl Urban, are you serious? Oh, if you if you haven't seen America, or if you haven't read America, there's a, a clip online on YouTube 
and Carl Urban's at this um, convention and somebody passes him, somebody in the audience passes in the opening page of America and it's all written as dread and got him to read it out. Oh my God, it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. He's absolutely nailing it with the boys at the moment. Right. The boys is one right, of my right. favourite things. Um, right. Another, you know, independent comic book that's gone out there yeah, and done yeah. after the Umbrella Academy as well, you know. Um, and, yeah, I feel like this there's time. Just do it, mate. Mm. Do it now before he gets too old. He's not mm. going to get too old, not in our lifetimes, but... Well, Dread's still going. I mean, he's in his 80s, so... Yeah. He's still on the street. Because they were on about doing... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Hellboy, I think. But, they're, they're, you know, it would be nice for them to get... Well, I mean, I know Rebellion, who own 2000 AD, um, they have a film studio in Oxford. Oh. And they, they were actually talking about doing a uh, Tales of Mega City 1 TV show. That'd that, be great. that was a talks. That'd be great. You know, rather than, rather than kind of... I mean, the judges will be there, obviously. Um, but, I mean, the, the <laughs> films take a long time. I mean, they, they were talking to... Oh, what's his name? David Bowie's son, who did Moon. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Um, I um, I wish I Duncan wish, Jones. I wish Duncan Jones. Todd would hurry up and finish with with Spawn. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Where, where's the Spawn movie? He promised yeah. us in like 2019 or something. Yeah, I think it's Duncan Jones. I can't remember, but he he was going to do a Rogue Trooper film. Uh, for the longest time, Duncan Jones. Yeah. He still he still claims that he's going to do it, but uh, these things take a long time. Judge Dredd's son, did you say? David Bowie's son. David, what did he say? He's going to do a a Rogue Trooper film. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got confused while I was reading that. Then. That's good. <laughs> That's amazing. Is there anything that um, that you would like them to make that they just not they just breezed over? Like, why are you not making this film? Like, it makes so much sense. Like, well, I mean. I'd, I'd love to see, there was a, a series in 2000 AD called Button Man, which John wrote as well, about uh, Assassin. And it's absolutely brilliant. And it, yeah. and it, it's crying out to be made. Um, I know it's been optioned numerous times. John always says he's probably made more money from the options than he would if the film is actually made. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. Chris, <laughs> if, if Chris Pat's not available yeah, to play yeah, it, yeah. we're not doing it. That's, a, that's a getting annoying now. Chris Pat, man, and he can find other people for these roles because he's right. playing in every single... Right. He's doing... He's doing Mario. What's the one he's voicing now? Garfield. Uh, Garfield? Right. Yeah. How'd you get from Mario to Garfield? I kind of got... Like, when, when they said, oh, Chris Pat's going to be doing Mario, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this guy... But it made so much sense how they did it. I didn't like, say I haven't seen it. So it's, uh, I don't know if I can spoil it. Can I spoil it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers if you've not seen the Mario movie yet. But it turns out that when he's doing, is it me Mario? He's doing it for the commercials. Mm. He's like putting on the accent to sell the the role. So mm -hmm. then he talks American. He's like, guys, oh, I'll just do it for the, which I think is quite clever. Yeah, but it's a cop out. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you've met Charles Martinet, he's a really nice guy. I've interviewed him before; it's really nice. Um, so, living in America, um, what made you come back over to the UK? Well, we were there for we we basically said, okay, we're going to be there for three years. And where were you again? You were in in Tampa, Tampa, in Florida. Um, so we were there for th we we said we'll go for three years, make some contacts, and come back. And then twenty years later, we came back. Um, <laughs> You know, you, you kind of got into the life there. It was, uh, we got a house, Isabella got it, my wife got a job. Uh, we had Natalia, you know, she was at school. But we always, we always spoke about it and we always said, you know, if, if we don't return when Natalia's turning 11, 
then we'll never do it because that's when they'll be changing schools mm. and, you know. So we uh, <clears throat> we were thinking about it before then and then COVID happened and it was just like, yeah, it's time to go back, you know. And um, So you did you get to witness a pandemic kind of half in America and half in the UK? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. What was worse? Over over here, it was much. It was much more, you know, strict. strict, very strict. It was worse in the respect over there that people weren't taking it seriously. Yeah, they were fucking nuts, man. I mean, they were bad over here. Yeah, I remember like. <laughs> so I was like, I thought it was. I thought they were taking the piss, but when they come up with people putting toilet rolls in the in the in the, in the, the trolleys, I was like, let's go and check this out, right? Aldi's across of it. No, no, I was still living. No, we went to Home Bargains, and lo and behold, there are people shoving. I know. I was, I was like, there's a great there's a great interview with Mike Kerry, who's a writer I've worked with numerous times. And I love Mike. If you if you if you've never read or or seen the girl with all the gifts, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, the, the movie's great. The book is brilliant. Um, and he's written loads of books as well, but, um, we've worked together on different comics. He did an interview when his new book was coming out and it was kind of like a apocalyptic dystopia kind of thing. And there was this great, and it was during the COVID stuff. And, uh, and the interviewer said, we're living in this apocalyptic thing. Is there something that has shocked you? Which, and Mike was like, toilet paper. He said, who would have thought that that would be the disaster of an apocalypse? The loss of toilet paper. <laughs> Can you imagine? It reminds me of Waterworld. Paper, paper. <laughs> the paper. Oh, I love it. It's, it's we've, we've been through like some mad shit over the last sort of three, year, three or four years. I mean, I had to come over and look at the house. When everything was in lockdown. So you had to quarantine, look at the house. Quarantine. I had to take so many tests. You know, it was it was it was insane. I worked through the whole thing and it's just bizarre to think that tell you what I did miss is the open roads. Oh my god, that was amazing. Because right, like, right, I got right. to drive back every morning from right. my job because I work nights. And it was just like the M fifty four, I'm not even joking, was empty. Right. And that's not an exaggeration. It yeah. was empty. And I was like, Ooh, like, let's go. I, I flew over from from Tampa uh, on this big, massive plane, and there were eleven people on the plane. It was all spaced. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was amazing. I had like one section of the plane to myself. Just like <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. And then you come back over to the UK, and are you working whilst you're moving, or are you looking for work while you move? No, no. I, I've, be, I've basically been under contract since two thousand one. Because first of all, I was under contract with CrossGen. Then when CrossGen went under, I went under contract with Marvel yeah. for 14 years. Um, then I've been under contract with DC for five years. So, What's that like going from Marvel to DC? Is it any different? You know, for me, a, co a good comic is a good comic. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> matter. I'm not, I'm not a very diplomatic is. answer, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's like, no, there, there is no difference for me with Marvel and DC. Um, people often say, you know, Marvel is a down-to-earth character, as DC are the gods kind of hmm. thing. There's another version as well, which I'll tell you off mic. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but it was, uh, no, no, there's, there's really, the biggest difference is in the working environment of it. Yeah. Like DC, 
are not afraid to put things away and keep them. Like Marvel it. are very much on the button. Like, get the work done, get no, it out. No, yeah. no, no. I guess, I mean, DC have done some amazing stuff. I mean, Snyder's Watchmen was just phenomenal, by the way. As, 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 a, as, a, as a precursor to anything that Snyder has done, I think that was, he knocked that out of the park. That's probably the worst thing he probably ever did because then everybody was comparing everything to Watchmen. But well, because everything was there in front of him. It was so close to the comic. Or, and the same with 300. He just did it like frame from frame to frame from the and that's what people want yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. What people want and then you got constantine which is an amazing film by the way constantine yeah <laughs> yeah i can't argue with you because you literally work for <laughs> no nobody can agree on it except for john constantine we <laughs> 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 mean john i mean oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it was a really good movie. I loved it. But, like, it was nothing of what was in the comic book. No. Like, it wasn't. And yeah. and then they did the TV show with Matt Ryan, which was, no. like, it was French Kiss. It was amazing. Right. Like, right. And then they cancelled it. I was right. like, why have you done that for? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, when it comes to Marvel, the point I'm trying to make is Marvel on fire when you're there. They're, like, they're pumping out yeah, yeah. movies, like, left, right, and centre. DC is just starting to get up running in certain directions <laughs> yeah i i I think the problem was was they wanted to they wanted that marvel universe straight away yeah and it's not the way you do it mm. marvel did it the right way they built it up slowly you know i love the um how the multiverse ideas both with dc and marvel right. now are kind of patching things up now right you can have these alternate universes right i always said i mean you can go back to listen to one of my early episodes of thorskin Find your Thorskin podcast on YouTube. And I said years ago that you can have parallel versions of Spider-Man or Batman running together and then they can meet up in a convergence. Right. That happens in the comic books all the time. One, one of my friends is, is just writing a book. I think it comes out in March. Um, uh, X, X-Force book, I think. Mm. Uh, they just announced it a few days back. And the, on the team are five or six different versions of Wolverine. You know, from from different universes. Yeah, that's the whole team. Because because the whole joke is Wolverine has been on every single team of yeah. X Men. <laughs> so why not make a team of Wolverines? Hi, Timmy's know. just walked in. <laughs> um, uh, how was swimming? Was it good? Yeah. Good. Yeah, it was really good. We're, yeah. Um, so you you. Hello. <laughs> um, and this is what I said about Batman with uh, with with the the because I I heard a rumor. It is a rumor, by the way, so don't be taking my word for it. But Netflix wants to carry on the Snyderverse, right? And it's like they want to get the try and get the license of the characters. That probably won't happen. Not with James Gunn doing his thing. Like I, I hate to say it, but I don't think he understood the 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 tone of the the DC universe. It's too dark. Man. It was too dark. Mm. It was too despairing. There's that. There's a great line in the justice league film where they're saying okay we've got to get superman back and it's like why why have we got to get him back because there's a lack of hope there's we need that and it's like where, where's that come from because there was no hope in man of steel no. so i don't know what you're talking no, about no no there was no hope from superman in batman versus superman some of the new 52 stuff i was reading um they, they kind of they did a really nice way of balancing it out where Superman was this iconic figure, but he was on his own. He was like this lone yeah, alien yeah, yeah. Yeah. and no one understood. And he couldn't just go to the pub with his friends or <laughs> right. whatever. He he was Superman or yeah. he was, you know. 
And I thought that was really beautiful. How they yeah, yeah. I mean, James Gunn has been looking at All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison a lot, I think. So I think that will be that will be the way he takes it. Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy is one of my favourite movies. Like, I had um, I used to have a Cineworld premiere card, so I'd go in and watch. And movies started to sort of mould into one. I was kind of like, yeah, another movie, yeah, another movie, yeah, another movie. <coughs> then I went to watch Guardians of the Galaxy, and that blew everything out of the wall. Yeah, like, I mean, and- they took a massive, massive gamble. Because yeah. nobody knew those characters. I mean, I did, yeah. but nobody knew those characters. So if James can can do that to to DC, right. what he did with God, and it was it was my one of my mates, uh, uh, editorial at Marvel, Bill Roseman, who who basically put because Guardians of the Galaxy had been around for for years, yeah, since the seventies, but they weren't who they are now. No, 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 no. So it was actually Bill Roseman who spoke to Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning about putting those disparate characters together. So it was all from from Bill's brain, really. It's wonderful. I really like it. Um, and if if they can do that with that's my phone going off, we put it into airplane mode. Um, that's a good point, actually. You mentioned about editors and things like that. What? Where does your world and the movie and TV world do they ever sort of meet up? Do they ever look at you for ideas, or do you ever? Well, Marvel um, started like that. That was that was why the Marvel movies worked because. The, the Marvel film guys were going back to the comics mm-hmm. writers, going back to editorial and going, are we getting these characters correct? And so yeah, that's, okay. that's how it worked. That's why Winter Soldier is so brilliant because they went to Ed Brubaker and said, how about this? You know, what's needs this right? to look. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, and Ed, who was a writer, you know, he ended up in the film, you know, and doing all different things and really bad acting but uh it was <laughs> it but that was lovely and then they got to like after endgame and they were like oh we, we kind of know what we're doing now really yeah, yeah. and so they you've they, seen that we've seen that and, and also you know with what's going on with daredevil they and, that, and that was the same with dc the, the the guys at warners were like no no right from the beginning we don't need to talk to you we understand film which is why I think a lot of the DC films didn't work. Yeah, yeah. There, there have been a few issues like that with with Warner's for a long. It's, it's mad because you think you think that uh, Disney or Marvel would look at what's going on in Warner Brothers and be like, "Look what's going on over there. We right. need to do better." But they didn't. They've gone and kind right. of created things on a conveyor belt. The, the, the TV series and Disney sort of start off really nice. I thought yeah. they're really good, um, but then they've kind of just dropped in quality and kind of what the fans kind of expect. You know, we were talking about how, uh, you know, you sometimes need to do it from panel to right. panel on a, on a comic book, from a comic book. But, but I, th- I think, I do think that that's possibly because they're not talking to the people who understand the comics. There you go. That's probably why everybody's fired off the Daredevil set. <laughs> like, this doesn't look like Daredevil, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, one of, one of my friends, Christos, who's writing that, that X-Force book, he was the one of the writers on the first season of Daredevil. Phenomenal um, series. Um, Phenomenal. And he also wrote the Spider-Man uh, computer game, the one that came out a few years back. Um, the Sony one for the, yeah, yeah. the PlayStation. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, and so, you know, he's got that background, but there's a lot of politics that goes on behind the scene in different no, things. Yeah. Like with uh, the Daredevil thing, they didn't want to use the same writers from the set for the second season as a first season because there's all they have to pay union fees at that point 
there's all, there's all different so, things that happen. It's so mad when you think about it. It's something yeah. as simple as like a union. Oh my god, that's incredible. But we we uh, did you see the clip of Timmy at Comic Con uh, a few weeks ago? You got to ask Charlie Cox's right. question. How did you see Vida Mask? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like so, my boy. Uh, if you listen to the biscuit guy, he's he's eight, right? Now uh, we as parents, we get to police what he can and can't watch, right? Right. He's a diehard comic book and weirdly hip hop fan. He loves hip hop. That's because right. he listened to Wu Tang with me in the car and stuff. And um, I was like, "Do babe to my wife? Do we watch him? Let him watch Daredevil?" <laughs> and it, it's he, a bit rough. It is rough. <laughs> there, were, there were parts I was like, "Tim, you need to cover your eyes." But he loved it. He loved the story. I've never seen him so gripped. Right. Because it's not like a pow, kapow, pow, yeah, stuff yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of story to build up on. Yeah. Uh, and you have to Daredevil build. Daredevil's one of those characters. He's brilliant a character. I love it. Yeah. I mean, you even bought the the Ben Affleck one, and he was just like, "Huh? <laughs> it's good, but it's not. It's not great." Well, they were talking about the the new Daredevil season that they would do Born Again, which again, if nobody's read Born Again, the Daredevil run. Oh my gosh, I, I'm just insanely jealous if you get to read it for the first time because it's it's brilliant it's um um I've, was it kevin smith that killed karen page uh his run of daredevil he was kind of like let's just kill yeah karen page. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well well she was pretty screwed up in born again so. <laughs> yeah. i love the fact that of all people to kill karen page it's Silent Bob. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, in Born Again, basically, she's 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 all screwed up. She's a drug addict, and, mm. and she she sells uh, Matt Murdock's identity for a fix. Oh, she's a Lois Lane. Yeah. yeah. She sells it, sells it for a fix. What's down to the, the women in comic books just ruin the guys' lives? <laughs> you see those pictures of of. Um, of a, a Superman once his identity's outed by Lois Lane. He's right. kind of like, my life is ruined. <laughs> Gotta go with beard. <laughs> I love that. It's, um, so what, um, okay. So moving to DC, you're going to do one of your favorite characters, which is Swamp Thing. Yep. Yeah. And Lois Lane. And Lois Lane, yeah. which by the way, that artwork for Lois Lane is phenomenal. I've just, uh, one day I'm going to own one of them. <laughs> you got to photocopy it as I'm going because it's amazing. <laughs> Uh, that the artwork is so brilliant because it's like it's black and white, but then you've got the the Lois Lane, the Superman fire in the newspaper, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, that's all yeah. color. Oh, so brilliant! What's it like getting to play with toys that you know and love, and oh, you have them for brilliant. years? It's brilliant. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? You know, you you just you know, if you're a person who loves cars, and you get a job at Ferrari or something, you know, it's it's the same kind of thing. You know, um, yeah. I mean, th there's. There's a part of you which which thinks it would be great to create your own characters and you know pursue that path like like Charlie did. Charlie, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also that part of me which is just loves working on that stuff that I've grown up with, and it and it keeps you feeling like an eight year old boy. And also as well, it, that the resurgence of certain characters, right? Bring them back from the dead, like. Like someone like Carnage, like yeah. someone like Hulk, uh, yeah, yeah. Hulk. Hulk. I mean, I was talking about Swamp Thing, got confused. But like taking those old, old age-old characters and turning them into something new and fresh is something, I guess, really cathartic about that on a huge scale. Yeah. It's very public as well. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, if you can get a character that hasn't, it's been successful, but hasn't necessarily had a good run for a while, and you can build it up to be successful again. There's, there's something there, you know, mm. there's something that you can, that, that you have a value in a way. Have you ever got it wrong? 
with uh, with with that sort of thing where the where the uh, the, the comments on Facebook are like what what is this? Shit? I don't I don't worry about the comments. No, I don't. You know, I mean, when when all the the message boards started and all that kind of stuff, you you kind of looked into it, but you got to the point where it just became an echo chamber, and then you were kind of like, eh. yeah, it seems to be like this this new like this new thing with cells coming out and just trying to destroy anything that's right. attached to something. Like at right. the moment, it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. Right. Like I feel sorry for the Marvels because it's a good film. Right. But he just got attacked by this horrible cell of yeah, people yeah, yeah. like that. They all just absolutely like rating vomit right. on Rotten Tomatoes. Then people then go and watch it. Yeah. Guys, if you listen to this, who gives a shit about what what, <laughs> what a rating says on a website? Go and watch it and enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, make your own decisions about things. Because um, although you know, uh, Batman versus Superman wasn't wasn't. I loved it. I thought it was a great film. I don't think it deserved the the reaction it got. I think but the best a, thing in it was Wonder Woman. I mean, that, right? Just that little grin she's got when she's fighting, and it made the film for me. Yeah, because she sort of, sort of just, grins at Doomsday. And she's yeah, like, yeah. You're having it, bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they got that. They got that just right, I think. Um, but they, that again, that got rating bomb, rating bombs to 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 live in hell. So, right. so that doesn't bother you then? That kind of no, no. You, you, can't, you can't. You can't necessarily live on that kind of stuff. There was this whole discussion the other the other week online about, you know, should fans have a say in where their character's going? Um, and it's basically, no, they shouldn't. Because a lot of fans don't really necessarily know what they want mm. until you've given it to them. And also, they ain't fucking writers and they ain't artists. Right, the, you, right. The, 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 there's a reason why these right. guys... And and if you, if you always write what people want, it the, it's going to be insipid. You know, it's going to... Yeah, of course. You know... It's it's going to go down and down. People will lose interest. You know, you got to put your characters through hell. And then there's you know taking a a, a character like a Joker and put him in a musical. Right, right. Wonder how that's going to go, right. Lady Gaga. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I did say that the Joker's going to be terrible. Maybe not going to watch it. It's going to be right. fucking awful because I, you know, blah 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 blah. But I loved it. It was really right. good. It was so right. dark. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that last bit with Robert De Niro and at the end, phenomenal. There, there is space for all those different things, all those parallel universes. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's space for that. And I'm really excited about James Gunn and what he's got to do. Yeah, and totally. Has because he, he loves comics. He understands comics, you know. Has he come to you guys, the artist, when it comes to Superman and the way he... Well, he's, he's, gone, to, he's gone to the comics. Yeah. He's gone to the comics and he's looked through the comics and he, he knows the comics anyway. So he knows that he speaks the same language of course he does yeah, yeah you know what i get from james gunn is he's a fun guy that enjoys things like normal people right he's not got this ego that's touched yeah. no i know like you were just saying i know what the people want yeah, yeah. let's find out let's get in the well, it's not sometimes it's not even i know what the people want it's like we know we know movies more, yeah we know more yeah we know movies you know comics I, that's why when they were saying they were going to do the second Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves, I was kind of like, nah, man. Like they were talking about um, having Colin Farrell as, as um, and he said Will Farrell, and that'd be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> as does Constantine, because uh, they were going to do the Justice League Dark. There was rumours, right, right, and that never happened. A Justice League Dark movie would just like, can you imagine Dead Man on a, <laughs> in a film? That'd be phenomenal. That's that's still still on my wish list to do yeah. a good Dead Man book. Oh, he's just so funny. <laughs> he's yeah, just so funny. Brilliant. 
did that animated movie where they got Matt Ryan again to voice Constantine. Right. Uh, and that was great because there's a scene with Batman where um, you've got the, that shit monster running around and he's just yeah, like, yeah. he's just running around grunting at it because like, he doesn't understand the science <laughs> or the magic behind it. Right. It doesn't make sense to him. <laughs> That's what I love about Batman. Um, speaking of Batman. Yep. There's been something that's going on with Mike. Uh, <laughs> that sounds really dr- dramatic. There's, some, there's <laughs> something wrong with Mike. Um, last year, uh, we covered an, uh, an art event called Drawn um, with the Shoes of Biscuit. I set up a studio. It was really nice. Didn't go this year because I was taking a break. Um, me and Mike sat and he was telling me about all these plans that he's got. And it's something that not only is it like Batman is my favorite character, one of my favorite characters of all time. I, I've loved him for ever since I can remember comic books. Um, but you were doing something with him that I felt, thought they, that's been missing for a while <laughs> with Batman. Right. And, but you were like, we can't talk about it. <laughs> can't talk about it on the show. Yeah, yeah. Until now. Until now. Until now. They actually announced it that uh, I could talk about it. When was it? Big, uh, beginning of November. Mid, no, mid-November. They announced it. You messaged me. You were like, yeah, we can talk about it now. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. I'm having a break. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have yeah, to wait. No, it was mid-November. And I hadn't, I haven't been able to talk about this for almost a year. And the moment they announce it, I'm in somebody's car in Germany going 200 kilometers an hour down the autobahn. And I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> How, that must have really eaten you up. Oh, you not talk, you... I tried to get online so I could comment of like, finally I can say something. I couldn't get online. It was just, no. That's funny. And that's, these are serious legal matters as well, I guess. Like, the, no, no. an NDA I mean, or anything like that? Well, I mean, the thing is, you can't... DC like to announce things. They yeah. like to say, okay, this is the first announcement. Yeah. So they get they get a bit pissy when people are, you know... Ruining Talking it. their mouths <laughs> off and, you know... That's right, though. It's got to be done in a, in a proper way. It is, because these are, these are global characters. Yeah. Know? So you you have to know how to... To push it to the right outlets, and 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 certain outlets get pissy. Like if you if you don't, sometimes if you don't give, let's say, Variety, the the first nod that this is happening, then they won't give you some exclusives in the next, you know, is that few how months. It works. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why you can't talk about these things. I'm Googling how much is Batman worth as a franchise because I'd love to know how much money right. Batman as an entity, right. as a thing, right, right. makes. And uh, my airplane mode is on, is on, I forgot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that's how. That's literally what you're playing with, though, isn't right. it? It's something that is like, on lunchboxes in right. movies. Right, You know? Um, right. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, let's have a look. Yeah, so this one, uh, Batman First Night is called. Uh, it comes out in March. Um, and it's three three issues of prestige format, so it's a larger format, almost like a European album size. Wow! Um, the same size as the My Shrewsbury magazine, really. Yeah. Uh, there you Good go, Katie. There. There's you. You're okay. <laughs> My Shrewsbury. If you're in the Shrewsbury area, or if you're not, check out My Shrewsbury magazine. Um, and also, it's uh, forty six pages. Uh, the usual comic is twenty two pages. And um, so yeah, three issues of that. It's, I, I want to. Oh, I definitely. Do you reckon these are, are these limited runs, or will they be going up for a while? Um, no, I mean you know it comes out on that day. Um, 
the three issues will come out, then they'll collect it at some point. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's it's there and it's it's good. And, and I think I think it's one of those projects because it's basically it's Batman in 1939. It's gangsters. It's the original costume with the big scalloped ears. You know the um, the little gloves and the the blue interior cape and all that kind of stuff. And we had this conversation about that sort of era. And I was thinking like, you know, in the animated series and the, the, some of the movies as well, they always had like Gotham as this modern city with 1930s, right. 1920s backdrop. And I'm thinking, right. why can't they make it back in the wise guys yeah, area? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's what it is. I mean, there's there's no, there's no, there's no Batcave. There's no Alfred. There's no, there's no Bat gadgets. Um, he's got a rope. And he's got some smoke pellets. That's about it. Uh, there's no Batmobile because there wasn't any Batmobile. Um, there was a, there was a Batmobile, but it wasn't in that sense a Batmobile. It was, giant. it was a big giant red roadster, mm. basically, which is bizarre. I mean, why would Batman go around in a big red car? But, mm. um, <laughs> and and so it's it's basically going back to Detective Twenty Seven and Twenty Eight which was his first appearance in 1939. And it ties into the 85th anniversary next March of Batman. So that's why they waited until that month ah, to yeah. launch it. So it ties in with yeah, what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, when you're looking at Batman, we're in a world where he's not driving cars up the side of buildings right. and using phones. And he gets hurt. He gets hurt a lot in this. I mean, he, well, that's what I'm saying. There's no gadgets to play with. It's just mark flesh on flesh. Right, right, right. There's no super bat powers or no. you know shark repellent or anything like that. <laughs> you know, there's there's no super villains. Um, you know, there's no Joker. There's no Penguin. Um, in in his first issues, Batman was fighting gangsters and crooked politicians and mad scientists and things like that. Mm. And that's that's kind of what we're dealing with in this wow and so because i mean we made that conscious decision because as soon as the joker comes in it becomes a joker book you know and that that's that's just the character the joker the joker is so overpowering that it becomes about the joker rather than batman at and point. i love that one of my there's so many amazing animated movies out there with batman and, and they're just a sling what have you and one of my favorite is the brian cranston right batman year one yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is stripped back. Yeah. It is stripped back, and it's kind of like Batman beginning. And it's got that beautiful scene, like yeah, yeah, yeah. your time of feasting is over. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that's, that's brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and but this is stripped back even further. So like now you've got a license to play with that sort of raw brutality rather than the gadgets and stuff. Is 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 that giving that's giving you a license to be completely you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed totally. to what people are expecting to see in a normal Batman comic. Totally. I mean, there were certain aspects of Detective Twenty Seven which we couldn't necessarily use. I mean, there, there, there's, there's sequences in Batman 20, in Detective 27 where, you know, Batman swings into a window and kicks a thug in the neck and breaks his neck. And it's just like, you know, DC, you're like, you can't do that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he throws, he throws gangsters off roofs and doesn't save them. It's just... You know, just throws them off the roof. That's the one thing about the you know the TV show Arrow. It's like I right. was like, this guy's literally, he's going about finding fighting these people, but he's literally impaling people with arrows across right the city, uh, which is making him probably a little bit worse than the people <laughs> right. he's actually going after. Like, 
But um, that's what I love about Batman is that he'll do just enough to yeah. to fuck you up. But yeah, yeah. He's not yeah. gonna. And, kill we, and you. we do we do approach the gun. Like, why why isn't Batman going out in the street with guns when all these people have Tommy guns and all this kind of stuff? You know. Yeah. So we do, we do we do talk about that. That's really good. That's really good. Well, uh, it's not been released yet, but the obviously the press has been released and it's been going. What's, right. what's been the reaction? Oh, it's been a big buzz. There's, yeah? there's a big buzz about it. Um, I was when I was in Germany and it was announced. It was it was around my, my birthday, and um, my uh, my friend over there, Alex, um, he put together a little birthday party for me with some other people, and um, a lot of the people who came um, are fans of my work and you know all this kind okay. of stuff. so it was great and so they were having all these sneak peeks and they 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 actually do buy a lot of my artwork so they were like okay oh, i want to reserve that page i want to reserve that page you know wow so uh it was actually it was actually very good to see that excitement from other people because i've i've lived with it for so long you know um and and i think they convinced Alex, who works for Panini in Germany, I think they convinced him to do a, a black and white version of it as well. Nice. You know, because... There's a scene... By the way, we'll get... There's a scene where he's breaking through the window, the right. top window that we looked at. You've brought this amazing... Uh, the, the original artwork here that we've just been looking through. Thank you so much for that. That was amazing. But that, that picture of him breaking through the glass... The, the, yeah. The, 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 not like... I want that. <laughs> I want. I want. I'm gonna get a poster. That's probably that. one of the ones I'm keeping. That's your pinup. That's, That's that is the. the I would probably keep about ten pages. Yeah. Uh, for myself, just, just, not even as investment, just kind of, for galleries, for yeah. exhibitions, for things like that. Yeah. You know? um, so that will probably be one of those ones. Unfortunately. That's that is like because that. And we need to explain to people, the listeners of the show, about the, your drug deal with my wife because <laughs> there are certain parts. I mean, I look at your art all the time it's because we're, we're friends anyway. Um, but when you come in on the show and stuff, I always have a lot of... But we're friends on Facebook. You share things. And there's certain parts I think, God, he's fucking nailed that one. And one of them is the constant Constantine, the picture that I have in my house. And so my wife was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, you were selling uh, prints. And I was kind of like, the Constantine... Constantine, that's so weird. Um, that that Mike does, I'd love that. So I think she got in touch with you and said, yeah. "Have you got one?" And you're like, "No, but I'll, I'll I'll get one ready for you. I'll do one for you." And we met at Drawn, the uh, the art show I mentioned earlier in the show. And um, <laughs> whilst I'm chatting to to James, uh, he, um, and you, my wife is chatting to your wife, yeah, yeah. and they're doing this weird <laughs> exchange of money and paintings. And my wife runs it to the car, and some strange occult. <laughs> Uh, dealings going on and it's it's above my studio look at when, I, when i'm recording it in or editing um but that see that scene there where batman's breaking through that is one of those oh yeah that's that's it's just phenomenal. typical like and i'll tell you what with that one that was weird because i'm i'm so anal about the setting of the 1930s 1940s the architecture that, and the, the well everything about it and i i spent half a day looking to see what kind of tread would have been on the bottom of the boots like seeing what kind of tread was actually available at that time um and i actually ended up with some hobnails you know because it's, it's just it's such a great look even though i don't necessarily think bruce wayne being a billionaire would have hobnail boots that's the boots with like the nails on the yeah, bottom yeah, right yeah, yeah. Can you imagine getting a boot in the face one of them oh, i know 
I know. Seriously. <laughs> so, yeah. So Lose your cheek I, skin. That's why I gave Batman some hobnails, because they just look cool. Can you imagine the sound that would make as well? Batman yeah. chasing you down an alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the way you'll turn. Yeah, so, all the sparks coming up. That'd be great. Who needs a Batmobile when you can have sparks when Seriously. you're running? <laughs> um, this is really exciting news. Is is this like the pinnacle now for you, or is there is there, is there a, a white whale out there that you'd love to go for? You haven't got. Well, I mean, like I said, a dead man thing. Yeah, would be, dead man would be amazing. Or Plastic Man. Nah, I think I think for me, I love Plastic Man, but I, I is that humor? I can think of, yeah, I can think of better artists to do that than me. Yeah, I think. Do you ever get offered jobs and you're like, "No, nah, that's not me, man." Uh, I did, but then they convinced me that I, I could do it, and that was Carnage when when they offered me Carnage, and I was like, uh, "I don't really have any connection with the character." You're right, you're fine. This uh, is the laid back biscuit uh, biscuit guy. You can walk <laughs> around in the background, wife. It's fine. We just talk about the drug deal that you guys did with Mike, Mike, Mike's wife. <laughs> But that carnage is great, though, that you did. because Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and it was basically because, you know, I was like, oh, I don't have any connection with that character. And then they said, well, it's basically it's basically Tomb of Dracula and Jerry Conway is writing it. And so I was like, okay, I'm in. You know, Because those are my, you know, the, that run of Tomb of Dracula was just brilliant that Marv Wolfman did. And Jerry Conway was always one of my heroes. What do you think of Venom and Carnage in the movies? Do you think they got it right? I haven't seen them. Really? I haven't seen them. Do you have to stay away from stuff like that because of... No, no, just... I don't. I, I just, you know, I, I think because I draw them all the time. I'm kind of like... Yeah, that's the weird thing about Charlie as well. I was like, yeah. I, what season are you up to in The Walking... This is like Borskin 2000. I seen, I've never seen The Walking Dead. And Charlie as well, this yeah, co-creator yeah. of The Walking Dead. He's like, no, I didn't really watch it. I was like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? I'd be like, what did they do to my Negan? Like, you know... <laughs> But no, yeah, that's, no. That's... When it, when I did the stand, they were always saying to me, "Oh, have you watched a miniseries and all that kind of stuff?" And no, no, I didn't, because I, I didn't want it to affect what I was doing. Yeah, you know? that's not necessarily the same with the superhero stuff. Um, I just because I'm drawing that stuff all the time, I prefer to watch some English detective murder mystery thing. Yeah, yeah, midsummer murders. Yeah, midsummer murders. <laughs> or uh, my wife's favorite which is Rosemary and Time. We don't really watch much British TV. We box it's murder and gardening. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, I'm watching Brawn at the moment. It's a bit of a... I love a bit of Formula One. Mm. Kind of growing up around it. And it's uh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves <laughs> did a documentary. You just, you just love Keanu Reeves. About Brawn Jeep. Yeah. That Constantine <laughs> movie is good, but it's just like... After reading a lot of Constantine, I was kind of like, "Where's the where's the um, the, the sacrifice?" <laughs> Everybody's rather just dies. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, where's all that sort of stuff? And uh, it was it wasn't quite right. But if, I would love to see the guy who's in Kingsman as Constantine. I think he'd be pretty Taron good. Egerton. Yeah, I think he'd make a good Constantine. I think he would. I think Matt Ryan was perfect. I saw him in Telford a few weeks right, ago. Right. I don't know. Can Matt Ryan play him again? Probably. Because he's not like a young chicken, is he? Do you know right, what I mean? Right. Uh, I did enjoy Trinity War. I read all of that. Right. That was fantastic. There's a scene in uh, Trinity War. If you've not read uh, Trinity War, um, they're fighting over Pandora's box, which is like this skull 
which makes everybody just really desire it and want it. Right. And they're all fighting over it, but over it, you know, you've got the Justice League fighting each other over it. And uh, it, it, Batman drops it, it's rolling away. And Constantine stood over it. And uh, Batman's like, John, no! And he picks it up, he tosses it in the air with a cigarette in his mouth, in his mouth because you can't fuck up what's already broken, mate. And he walks off. <laughs> Perfect. And in that in that run of comics, he steals Shazam's power as well. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in a proper wheel and deal as well. It's oh crazy. yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, we we've I've actually got a uh, Hellblazer pitch in at DC at the moment. That's that's another character for the comic book. Draw. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh I was talking to uh Ram who I work with on Swamp Thing and we've done this pitch and we kind of agree that he, Constantine should definitely just be one of those guys that you don't actually know if he knows any magic. He's just a brilliant con man. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where, yes, he knows a bit of magic, but is it just a con? You know, that's. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves was too sexy as, as John Constantine as well. It's kind of like, it's kind of, I feel like when Matt Ryan did it, he did kind of look a bit greasy and yeah, a bit yeah. dirty and he kind of like, yeah, this guy's going to steal my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> and then hex me. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and in, you've, in, you've incorporated as well in your Batman, we need to mention, a lot of Shrewsbury. Right. Which is great. Right. Like you've got Netley Hall in there. You've yeah, got yeah. the Loopy Shrew. Yeah. The, the uh, Shrewsbury Prison. The Shelton Hospital. Shelton, which is uh, Wayne Manor. Yep, Shelton Hospital is Wayne Manor. Yeah. How did you manage to look at something like like Shelton and be like, yeah, that's my Wayne Manor? We've got so many like... Well, that's just around the corner from me. So I knew it was there. Of course, yeah. yeah. So I just went there and I thought, oh, God, that's Wayne Manor. That's, that's all it came down to. Um, I, know, I know that Christian Ward, who... I met Christian, for DC yeah, as well. Yeah. I know that Christian has just released a Batman book. Um, and I'm sure I've got to ask him about this. He I'm sure he he's used Attingham as Wayne Manor in it. So, really? Yeah, yeah. I did say I want to get him on the biscuit. I saw him at uh, Miss Jones Gallery. Right. Uh, that's, that's when I saw you, yeah, yeah, my yeah. boy. Um and uh the oh god, that was such a that was summer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ, this year's gone quick. Yeah. Um, and I said, like, you know, I need to get you on the biscuit. And obviously I've had that break, but it'd be great to speak to. Well, he's just announced a new book as well. So um, he's got the Batman book out at the moment and he's got a new creator-owned book coming out. Maybe March, I can't remember. Hmm. Uh, April. No, it's April. Uh, do you... Uh, when we were at Comic-Con, we saw so many people with, with tubes, with artwork, which I've been at Comic-Cons, covered them and stuff, and I know that there's a lot of people on, on panels and they've, they've got their own their own setups there that young artists will bring them out and show them the work. Right. Do you get in, 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 you know, mixed up with the new generation of artists coming through? Yeah, I mean, you know, we you, you look at artwork at the shows. It's difficult. It's difficult if people are... I've only ever seen one person at a show who showed me work and I knew they were ready, you know. God, that must be really... Yeah, this is fucking garbage. Yeah. I don't even didn't necessarily do that. You don't necessarily do that. You just kind of pick up on stuff that they need to work on. Yeah. And say, okay, you don't really lay into them about the other stuff. You just say, well, you need to work on this, you know. Um, but yeah, there's, there's only one... Person. Have you ever destroyed anybody with that? Why, Mike? Why? You're my hero. <laughs> it, it kind of, it depends on the, the situation. We, 
myself and Howard Chaikin, who's another artist, who is very, he can be very brutal. When, He's when Simon that, so. Cowell of the comic book world. Pretty much. Um, we, we did a course together in Norway with storytellers uh, rather than artists. Um, because you can, you can teach storytelling. You can't necessarily teach style, you know. So you, you can't, because somebody's style might not be something I like, but it can still sell a comic, you know. Yeah. Um, so you can teach storytelling, not style. Um, so we, we did this whole course of storytelling and this one guy came up and had this daredevil thing up there. And, uh, <clears throat> I, we, we were, me and Howard were just speechless looking at this, this daredevil pieces, this, uh, this guy had done. And, uh, I just turned to him and said, did Matt Murdock draw this? Oh. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> Howard just, like, Howard just looked at me and he was just like, Fucking Perkins. <laughs> Whoa. That's fantastic. Oh, to have that. No, I wouldn't call it power, but just, I could fucking ruin this guy's life <laughs> right now. I mean, the good thing with that was he wasn't an artist and he knew he wasn't an artist. It was just a storytelling points, you know. Yeah. So the, the situation was okay to do that. <laughs> That's good, though. I mean... I mean, you do see people who come up to you at the, the cons and, you know, they're, they're in their mid-30s and, you know, they're living with their mom and all this kind of stuff. And you, and you look at their work and you know that you're, you could basically break this person's spirit. And, and so, you know, you don't... I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, I've worked around that sort of crowd for a while and I know to sort of embrace that because I'm a, I'm a bit of a geek at heart and it's definitely somebody that rides on the coattails of of skirting around anxiety and, mm. and not being at my my best self 100% of the time um so it's nice to be able to give something back sometimes but you've also got to be realistic isn't it you know because yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you if you blow a load of smoke up someone's ass and they're like they kick the door into some like comic book executive be yeah, like yeah. mike perkins <laughs> yeah. said that i am the man <laughs> yeah that's that's why you can always choose something and tell them that they need to work on yeah you know um you don't have to bring somebody down to, to you can them encourage up. them yeah, yeah, yeah rather than yeah. destroy them um which is really nice it's really nice um and is, have, have you still got I know we're running short on time, but um, have you still got hopes? Are you looking forward to the future with oh, comic totally, books? Totally, totally. Um, no, I mean, you know, we, we didn't really get into the AI stuff and everything, but I, I still think there's that, that. Oh, let's do it. Let's I quickly. still think there's the, the room there for original artwork. Yeah, because AI is, Humanity is, is especially in your line of work, right. is dangerous. Because it takes little bits of you, a little bit of Christian Ward, right. Charlie Adlard, right. more so all together. Hey, right. presto, you've got some fucked up shit that. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that, that's the problem at the moment. Maybe we'll get around that, but uh, AI cannot tell a story at the moment. No. So you you will see people who've done AI comics, and they they there's actually a disclaimer at the beginning, like oh please forgive me if if the characters don't look the same from panel to panel. Or, you know, it's like, well, comics is all about storytelling. Did you see those X-Men ones that were going around just yesterday, I think? No. Somebody put, like, a picture of um, 
I think it's Colossus. The people are arguing about who'd beat Colossus. It's like Batman would beat him in an afternoon. <laughs> right. He'd take him to a junkyard and then magnetize him and then drop him <laughs> in the fire. Like it'd be that easy for Batman. But anyway, um, the artwork was AI generated, and that's mm. what kind of like what they're doing at the moment is like they're kind of creating these discussion pieces around an AI piece of art right. to generate the movement on social media. Do you know what right. I mean? Right. And right. that's that's kind of like what I, I think. If I if I was just doing covers or uh, book covers or album covers, things like that, I'd be a bit concerned. Yeah, of course. But as, but as a storyteller, as a sequential storyteller, yeah, yeah. there's no concern. Could, you couldn't get it right. There's no concern at this moment. Yeah. You know, it's it's not. If Ferrari Enzo's turning up in a 1930 story. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but again, it, it tells stories as well, but like in a way that it does sound like it comes from a robot. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so there's a, there's a couple of ways of looking at AI there. Yeah, they're really good. Maybe they can give you the, the basic sort of thesis of a story, but until then you go in to just flesh it out a little bit. I always had the same feeling with airbrushed artwork which was massive in the 70s yeah yeah it is it looks it looked great but it was very soulless you know and i have the same feeling with ai artwork there's no soul in there yeah you know um and I, and i think you get that a lot with digital artwork as well that 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 humanity that physical aspect is missing I'll tell Christian Ward he said that because <laughs> I know he uses stuff. <laughs> no, but his stuff, he, his, his stuff, like the stuff that he puts into his work is just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen those like uh, digital artworks so you can zoom in and zoom in, yeah, yeah, zoom, yeah. in zoom in, zoom in, yeah, zoom in, yeah. zoom in? They're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Mike, I've taken up an hour of your time. You brought beer, you brought <laughs> your your amazing pack with all these Batman originals that we're going to carry looking at, and you bought a Batman mask as well. Mm. So we can take some photos, run around. We can run around our street, pretend to be Batman. That's amazing. Um, where can people follow you? Are you still taking commissions while you're doing the Batman stuff? Uh, no, not really. I don't really have the time. No. Um, yeah, it's taken up a lot more time I than I thought it would. Um, but now on, on Facebook, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten on the Twitter route. I can't be bothered with that. No. Or X, whatever it's called. X. Does I anybody thought... call it X? No, it's still called Twitter. I don't know why he was thinking that. It's like taking Red Bull and calling it something else. People still going to call it Red Bull, aren't they? You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, get in touch with Mike. Um, if, do, you, do you do a lot of podcasts? Do you go on a lot apart from mine? Yeah. Mm, people are always asking. Yeah? But it all depends on timing. Yeah, of course. And if it's, if it's Alex Whiteley or not, you know, of course. Well, that's it. It makes a huge I'm in difference. There. Thank you for coming on episode one of The Biscuit Guy. Thank you. It's some really nice chatting to you. And thank you, guys, you listeners as well, for tuning in. Um, don't go anywhere because I'll finish the show with a little bit of an outro. But uh, Mike, thank you so much for, for joining me. Thank you. It's been really thank cool. You. Thank you. And there we have it. End of episode one with Mr. Mike Perkins. What a great episode that is. I've got to tell you, right, this was like the second podcast I've recorded in a couple of months. But the first one I'd recorded a few days before. I was like a little bit nervous, dusting off the mic, you know, kind of like not really getting the flow of it. This one... I was like proper on it. I was like, this is fantastic. I miss being behind a microphone. Um, for those who haven't listened to anything I've made before, I took a, a good three-month break from recording anything, and I've been doing this for like six, seven years. And so it was um, it was nice to be able to, to do this. 
Um, I am without <laughs> without creating things and making things. I'm kind of a bit of a, a nervous idiot, you know. So uh, this this felt really really good. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on anything on the podcast. Uh, make sure you go to the social media. We are the Biscuit Guy, and we're on uh, Instagram. We're on Facebook too. So um, if you're not already following us there, give us a follow. Uh, still working on the website. Um, it's it's coming. Web Orchard. I've been really fantastic uh, in putting things together. I've not been the easiest person to work with because they they they. they <laughs> They brilliantly designed the website and I was like not too sure about that colour can that logo go up there can we do this and they've, they've been fantastic in facilitating that so um, just a big shout out I know you heard halfway through the episode but um, if you are looking for a website for uh, for whatever it is you do uh, the Web Orchard are fantastic and it doesn't matter where, wherever you are in the world because it's all on the interwebs isn't it right so uh, make sure you follow Web Orchard right I'm going to go. Thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode. Make sure you tune into our next one, where I'll be speaking to my good friend and uh, thespian, uh, Derek Willis. Um, he's a great guy, and we're going to be talking about culture and things. And so Derek Willis is our next guest for episode two. Make sure you tune into that next week, and uh, I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>